I always thank the people who write me up and who always have the words, the nice words they say about me and all that kind of stuff. I'm so thankful for all of them. But, um... One action. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It at 99. Here is another episode, and this week we have a very special guest, uh, Highland Brown. Thank you for joining the podcast. Of course. Thank you um, for having future, me. Future D1 baseball player. Appreciate <laughs> you plan. coming on. Um, so kind of talks to me like, so you play baseball, sorry, obviously mm-hmm. play baseball. Um, you're a pitcher only. Well, yes, for school ball. For school. Yeah. Pitcher mm-hmm. only. You throw nasty 90 mile, on almost 90. Almost. Yeah. That's crazy. Soon. Coming soon. That's crazy. So you have a couple offers right now. <clears throat> yeah. Um, gold mm-hmm. D1 offers. Like kind of, what was that like? Cause you're a sophomore. So what was that like, you know, being a freshman and kind of getting all that attention from, from big schools? Yeah, for sure. So, um, school ball, I actually, I was probably like low eighties. So not a whole lot of looks. I mean, I had the height, I had the arm talent. I just hadn't really put it all together yet. And then in between the time between JV and my summer season, I went to a pitching coach. We moved out some kinks, got my body right. And then by summer in my first start, I hit 87. Then I was starting to get upper eights. And then I was there the whole summer and I started to get noticed by these uh, college write-ups and they were giving me the college attention, got a bunch of college follows on Twitter, had a couple of colleges come out and watch me. And then really the in-state coaches, they were really there every time I was pitching. And by uh, end of summer, KSU and UGA offered me and it was it was amazing. I mean, it was yeah. crazy because I never would have told you two years ago I'd be in this spot. Yeah. So it's a, it's been a blessing for sure. Well, first off, congratulations. Thank you. That's a big thing. Um, something I've you know I've, I've noticed about like baseball is that they recruit really early. Oh, compared for to sure. other sports, absolutely. Like, like there's yeah. like eighth graders getting offers. Uh uh-huh. So what yeah. is that like? You know, you know, being super young and just seeing the people around you, you know, just like getting that like massive looks. It's almost like your future is set. Like when you're you know twelve, thirteen. Like what is that kind of like? Well. Personally, I hate it because I know kids who are juniors and seniors who absolutely should have gotten looks. They just weren't as great when they were younger, like some of these kids who are 200 pounds when they're 14, can throw 90. Like, it's just not as fair because some kids are late bloomers, and it's it's just the way God made them. And I think recruiting should be more evenly distributed among ages, but it's just something that the way it's happened lately so it is what it is but luckily I got the gene where I was big since I've been young so yeah Yeah. so kind of like what is that like for you you know you being kind of like the the guy that like you know a lot of people would look up to be like yo that kid's got an offer you know what is that kind of like for you um well I I love it because I think it makes me play better and be a better human knowing people are watching me watching my actions watching my attitude so I think that keeps me in check a lot of times and I'm very humble about it so I don't want to go out and tell everybody about my offers you know I want to keep that to me and within my family and share it with them and uh I'm very happy with what I've accomplished I'm very proud but I'm also gonna stay humble about it I mean yeah I think that's you know that's one of the most important things is like always like making sure you're, you doesn't get into your head, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of people, they'll get like these big looks, big offers. Like 
not even just when it comes to sports, but in general, you know, look at these massive opportunities or, you know, get, you know, crazy amount, like crazy amount of money for doing something and they let it get to their head. And that's kind of where they fail because they don't realize that like there are ups and downs, right? There are like mm-hmm. every single day is not going to be to I just got an offer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But there's going to be bad days. There's going to be good days. So it's like, you always got to make sure to like to other people around you, like you're still a human. Mm-hmm. Right, you're not For just sure. like a D one, you know, baseball player. So mm-hmm. appreciate that as a, yeah. as a fellow human being. <laughs> uh, so obviously, like you have a lot of school ahead of you, mm-hmm. you know, because you're still a sophomore. I mean, you could go to college or the MLB, whatever. Like, how do you really balance that? Because like you're you're going D one mm-hmm. probably, or getting drafted, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you balance that, knowing that like it doesn't matter really like what you do, because as long as you like keep a certain whatever you know but how do you balance like pushing yourself academically and still so that balancing thing you were talking about obviously um i can actually earn a lot more money on my scholarship with good grades because in baseball they only do 11.75 um scholarships among your roster of 35 to 40 so each player gets a minimum of 25 percent scholarship and then the better ones get the higher end and they'll not as good ones get the lower end, but I can add to my own scholarship through GPA. So I'm sort of playing a GPA game these last two to three years of school where the higher my GPA is, the more money I can get earned on my scholarship. So it's sort of a balance between do I take the honors or the AP and push myself, but maybe get a B and that sort of hurt my GPA? Or do I take the on level, get the A, get my GPA up, but no, I'm not really pushing myself. So it's sort of trying to find a balance in there while playing the GPA game. Especially at like a school like Walton where, you know, <laughs> academic excellence is like a requirement. Absolutely. You know, like at Walton, it's, yeah. it's very extremely competitive and it's really hard to you know, do well in like a difficult class because mm-hmm. every, I mean, there's not a dumb kid at Walton, honestly, it's <laughs> no. crazy. So, you know, what is, what is that like, you know, being in a very, I mean, Walton is a good athletic school, decent athletic school, mm-hmm. but it's like known for its academics. So sure. how is that, you know, being kind of an athlete at like an academic school? I enjoy it because I think it'll make me more well-rounded going into college. It'll make college life easier. That's what I've heard from all the graduated seniors and all them. Um, Walton's so tough now that it'll make college seem like a breeze. So I do appreciate Walton for that. I will in the future, I know. But right now, it's it's a pain <laughs> in the butt. But um, I do think it'll help me in the long run. And balancing my student-athlete uh, life right now is definitely going to help in college. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, being a student-athlete is one of those things that a lot of, a lot of student-athletes take for granted. Like, they mm-hmm. don't realize, like, like, for me, like, ever since I stopped playing soccer, like, you have so much more time and I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> uh-huh. what it's like for you because baseball is just a time consuming sport. It is like yeah. just, just so much time opens up. You have so much time to do other things. So it's like, you know, you have, you, you're using this time to, you know, whatever baseball or whatever the sport is. It's like, you have to keep putting in that work, even if you're not going to go D one, like even if you're not going to be good at it, but because you're blessed with that time, mm-hmm. like put some work into, put some effort into, because there's definitely a kid out there that if they were put in your shoes, put like 10 times work, 10 times more work, you know, in that same spot. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads to the question, like, how do you stay motivated? Like, just keep, just, how do you like keep going? Um, weight training class has been an absolute blessing for me because I always wanted to get in the gym, but it was the motivation. I just didn't really want to get up, go out, 
go to the gym, sign in, figure out what I wanted to do for the day. But when I got that weight training class and I had a schedule planned out for me, what I needed to do each day and what did I needed to get done. And it was part of my class schedule. So I was going anyways. So I was like, well, I'm here. Might as well put in the work. That was absolutely crucial for me. And that really has benefited me. And I've noticed over the last year and a half, almost two years, I've put on weight, I'm throwing faster, my legs are getting bigger, and it's it's definitely been helpful in this process too. And I, I know like weightlifting is such an integral part of baseball. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the thing you do in baseball, you know, mm-hmm. to like get your stats up or whatever. So what what is that like, you know, being, you know, like, because like, there's like a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. So how is that like, because obviously you have to put in the work to, you know, get the results, yeah. but a lot of times it's hard to convince yourself to put in that work. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you kind of, you know, look at those results, look at those results you want and be like, I need to do this, 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 like, how do you kind of not really motivate yourself, but I guess like, like start that, like, like start that motion, like get that catalyst yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? Um, well, I like, I mean, I love baseball so much. I think about it all the time. So I study other players and what they do in the weight room to increase velocity. Like I'm not big on my upper body cause especially during season, because I just don't want to mess up my normal arm path, anything with my arm or my chest or my back. I do a lot of bands for my upper body, but no heavy lifting. I just don't want to throw myself off up there because I'm already kind of uncoordinated being <laughs> 6'4". So, um, but I definitely go hard on legs in the weight room. So I just study how other players, big leaguers, college guys, they go after their legs. Um, and I take bits and peaches pieces from each guy and sort of make my own plan and sort of go from there and see how it goes that's a great answer yeah. you, you get like interview training no or you just you I just don't. naturally get this <laughs> i i i thought about it on the way here you sort of, way. yeah okay okay yeah because yeah, that's like you know obviously you know having a podcast like you get guests of all types you know you get guests that talk a lot guests that are like good at what they say mm-hmm. and i noticed like that you're one of like three or four you're one of three student athletes I've had, like D1 student athletes I've had, mm-hmm. or going to be D1. And for some reason, all you guys just know how to talk. <laughs> I appreciate like, that. Like straight answers. Thank you. <laughs> just like answer the question. That's good. I like it. Um, so, again, like obviously, like you know, you work a lot, really hard in baseball, work really hard in school. Um, you know, where like where do you find that time for like you know your social life if you do find time for it? <laughs> Sometimes I don't find time like. Often on the weekends, I just want to sleep and stay home, watch TV with my family or hang out with my brother. Like Friday night, I could have gone out and hung out with some friends. Instead, I stayed in and watched Outer Banks. Like sometimes I just need the break and uh, socializing time with my family. So I do take advantage of that on the weekends. But when I am in the mood, I do go out and hang out with friends whenever I can. But that time is very finite, very limited. So, so when it comes to that, like kind of like alone time, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think a lot of people, people in general, like not just athletes, people in general, kind of we're all like are always moving, are always doing stuff, always doing stuff, and it's like yeah. they never slow down and stop to think about, you know, like what they just never stop and think mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So do you do you like practice any sort of I don't know, like meditation or just quiet time. Like, do you do any of that or are you just kind of always moving? I can't say I really do, but I definitely like my alone time. And I just, sometimes I'll watch film too of myself pitching, look at mechanics. Sometimes that just 
something calm and easy where I'm not moving my body, just giving my body a rest and make, making my mind work and getting sharper in that aspect. Um, I like to replay some of my starts where go pitch by pitch and just think of where I could have placed it better or something maybe in my mechanics that didn't feel right. But I definitely enjoy that time sitting down by myself and thinking through things. Yeah, I mean, baseball is a very methodical sport. It's a very, <laughs> like, step-by-step -step oh, yeah. process. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, like, during quarantine, I went down, like, a rabbit hole of, like, Trevor Bauer, <laughs> you know, videos. <laughs> Love Trevor uh, Bauer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always fascinated by baseball, like, statistics and mm -hmm. whatever, because I'm a nerd like that. But baseball is, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like just a mine of statistics, like the sabermetrics, whatever. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what is your thoughts on kind of, like, just the statistics? Like, do you really pay attention to it, or do you kind of, like, not really care about it? I do pay attention to parts of it because I think there's parts that could help me. Like, obviously, my walks through nine or through seven, however you want to do it, because high school seven innings. So that number I try to keep as low as possible because I'm not trying to give out free passes to kids. I'm going to try to make kids work. I'm going to give them my best, and if they get a hit, they get a hit. But I'm not going to give them a free pass. Um, like ERA, I try to – I don't really look at that one a lot, but obviously I want it as low as possible because if we get the win in the end, we get the win. Like, it doesn't matter how many runs I give up. I'm just trying to put my team in the best place to win. Um, strikeouts don't really matter to me much either because if the kid puts the ball in play and gets out, I'm still doing my job. It's no different. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't really look at my stats a whole lot. So Interesting. I saw the other day um – you all play like a, I guess like a doubleheader on a weekend. And they do like the player highlights or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you were on there nine innings pitched. If I remember, like 1.58 ERA, six strikeouts. I think it was like seven. Yeah. Dang, I had close. one start where I didn't strike anybody out. I just got mm -hmm. a bunch of kids to put the ball in play and get themselves out. So I did my job and I was happy with it. You know, it doesn't look good, great on the score sheet, the stat yeah. sheet, but I got the win and got the team out the win. So. Yeah. I was happy. Sounds like a, sounds like a post game interview. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but do you look like, for example, like you look at like these big leaguers and like the, the advanced stats? Yeah. Do you kind of look at that stuff and do you kind of try to like think in your own game, like kind of how you can? There's like certain stats you want to achieve. Like how do you achieve? Obviously, some of them you don't track, but like certain stuff, like how you would achieve it. So this isn't really stats. There's more metrics is what everybody's looking at now, like yeah. the spin rate and all that kind of stuff. So I have started to look at that when I have the opportunity because it's on like Rapsodo, those kind of things. They're pitch tracking devices. Um, I'm, I don't really have accessibility to m them often, but when I do, um, I do look at a uh, spin rate, which is how much pressure I'm putting on the ball to spin. So the higher I get it, the more I'm spinning it, yeah. and the more life it has. Um, I look at uh, vertical break and horizontal break yeah. on my curveball and change up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I also look at the degrees I'm throwing from because tunneling is also a new yeah. thing they just found in baseball. You, they, you're trying to get every pitch to look like the same pitch for as long as possible. So that's something I've been trying to work on. Um, but all the other stuff, I mean, it, it'll come. But right now, I'm just sort of trying to keep it uh, plain and simple for myself. Yeah. Um, and I'll develop along the way. But that's sort of the starting ground. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, 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 mean, I could talk about baseball statistics all day. It's kind of weird. It's like one of those weird, weird like, uh, 
like hobbies I have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I love talking about baseball. Dude, it's kind of weird for being an Egyptian kid likes likes baseball. But um, so when it comes to like you know, um, I'm trying to think of a segue real quick. <laughs> when it comes to like you know baseball and kind of thinking through all these things, baseball is a very mental game. Absolutely, it's a massive mental yeah. game. Especially, oh, I need to ask you this question. What do you okay. think about? I can't believe I didn't ask this. What do you think about the new pitch clock in the MLB? Um, Being a pitcher. There's so many loopholes to it. Like Max Scherzer is already, he's finding things out, how to mess with hitters in his own way. I mean, it cost him a couple of runs, but it was spring training. He didn't really care. But he figured out how to find the loopholes in it. And um, I think it definitely benefits the pitchers more than the hitters. Really? I think so, yeah. Um, You don't think pitchers are going to burn their arms out faster? I mean, maybe, but a lot of pitchers prefer to work quick. Like the other night um, in my start yesterday, I found my groove. And so after every pitch, I wanted the ball right back, got back on the mound, threw a pitch within 10, 15 seconds. Because it was just, I was in the groove and I was locked in at that moment and I didn't really want to think about anything else. So it was just next pitch, next pitch. But then you do have some guys who like to think about it and go through it. But, um... Yeah, I think it definitely benefits most of the pitchers, I guess hmm. I'll say, than than That's, a, that's an interesting take. Yeah, I don't I know. I like that, though. <laughs> you know, so that goes back to, like, you know, baseball being a very mental game, very, like, you know, in-your-head type of thing. Do you ever do, like, mental exercises outside to, like, strengthen strengthen your mind? It's a really weird term, but I guess so. Um, I So, all right, about, I think it was 13U. I was ready to quit baseball. Like, I couldn't deal with the failure. Like, I like succeeding more than I failed. Um, and in a sport where failing seven out of ten times is really well, it's doing really good, I just didn't enjoy it. And so, um, maybe this was 14 you. I don't know. But the next year, I came back. Luckily, I'd worked on myself in the off season. And I was much better. My attitude still wasn't great toward it. Like, I'd still pout when I was getting out, when I was throwing bad games. But luckily, as a player, I became better. And with the more success I had, the more re- I came to like it because I was failing less. And so it made it more fun for me, which I know it's not really the best way to love a sport. But it's just sort of how it went for me. And um, so the better I got at baseball, the less I was failing, the more I was succeeding. And I just enjoyed that. Now, I love baseball because I love the sport. I mean, I can fail all I want, and I'll still go out and play. I just love the field, the kids, the crowd. I love it all. But um, that was sort of the turning point for me. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't quit because I definitely have made something out of it. Yeah, for sure. So. And I think a lot of times, like, in general in life, like, around that stage of, like, like 13, 14, mm-hmm. you know, like, I would say, like, 12 to 14, like, you're going through so many changes in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, oh yeah. there's just so many things that are going on and like, like literally like you're a completely different person, mm-hmm. you know, every, like For almost sure. every single week, you know, as you go through that stage and it's, it is really hard to continue to like the things that you did like mm-hmm. or to push through or whatever it is. Cause there's just so many things going on, you know? And that's why I find it really weird that baseball recruits at that age. Yeah. Because it's it like, is. these kids are not like, some kids are going to jump up six inches. Some mm-hmm. kids, we're gonna have a completely different personality in a week, like, you yeah. know. So that's that's why I find that always, you know, really something really interesting about baseball. It is for you know? sure. Yeah, I don't understand it either, but it's what's 
the new normal now so yeah. we just sort of got to get used to it yeah because it'll probably just keep getting younger and younger you have seven year olds <laughs> oh boy that'll be a crazy day yeah first graders man uh-huh. <laughs> um so when did you really like think that you know baseball was going to be a future like when did that really like kind of hit you it i always had people tell me like dude you could be a big thing one day like it was really my uh 11 12 13 14 year old summer coach he told me i'd uh he was like man i really see something in you i think you could be a d1 guy one year one time uh, one day and i i mean i always like listened to him and i knew i was good but i didn't i mean i'd saw these kids committing in eighth grade and ninth grade and i was like yeah i was like well dude i've never even talked to a coach there's no way i'm going d1 and I mean, luckily he was there for me, and he was like, yeah, man, I mean, just because they're early doesn't mean you still won't get your looks. Like, there's still so much time. And it, just at that age, it's sort of hard to, like, yeah. yeah, like, I'll just wait it out. Like, patience was not my thing in eighth <laughs> grade. And um, luckily I did, though, and sort of just as my body matured, everything else matured, and I just my, – uh, my mindset for sure was the most important part that matured. So my patience grew, and it – you know, it happened finally this summer, last summer. Yeah. So, how was it talking to those coaches? It, oh, my first call, I, I like, I had my mom sit next to me because I didn't know what I should say or anything. <laughs> um, she like wrote down on the notebook what I should say, and the funny part is, I started calling the coach at the time I was supposed to talk to him. And I think it rung like four or five times, no answer. And so I just hung up. I texted him. I was like, coach, just gave you a call. Didn't hear from you. I can call you again soon or something. Never got back to me. So that was a nervous wreck for nothing. But then like a week later, I started, you know, more calls came in. You know, the first one is nervous, but I think actually my first one came on a way to a game. So it was sort of really out of the blue, which was good because I didn't have enough time to think about it and make myself nervous. So I think that was actually really good. Um, but it went well, and then it just got easier from there because I knew what the coaches wanted to hear, and I knew what I wanted to hear from the coaches and the questions I wanted to ask. So it gets easier. It definitely does. Yeah. It gets a lot easier. That's crazy, man. <laughs> how, how, many, how many schools do you, like, do you think you've had a call with? You had a guess. Probably... 12 to 15 wow. around there I've talked to. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Because it's like once one offer comes in, like, it just keeps coming. Yeah. Right? It's like it, also, um, have you heard of Perfect Game Baseball and PBR Baseball? Yeah, it's so like it's rankings like and stuff. Yeah. Oh, wait. Did, you were you were on one, weren't you? Uh, I'm ranked on both of them. Yes. Yeah. But it's more the um, – they do write-ups of players they like from each weekend – and when I started to get noticed on these write-ups, because a lot of college coaches follow these websites, so they would start writing me up, and the college coaches would see the write-ups on uh, me and use them to find me. So that was actually a really big part mm-hmm. in my recruitment. Like, I went to um, one showcase at PBR, got a really good write-up from one of my guys there at PBR, and um, from there it just took off. I mean, I probably had five, ten follows on Twitter just that day and the day after of that showcase from the write-up so I was really blessed for the words they said in that write-up how do you kind of like like kind of like keep that to yourself and just like not like explode with excitement 
<laughs> like, um, how do you not just go tell everyone? I mean, I always thank the people who write me up and who always have the words, the nice words they say about me and all that kind of stuff. I'm so thankful for all of them. But um, I always, I do repost a lot of them so the college coaches who follow me personally just as a person can see it if, in case they're not following the websites or something. But, um, I mean, it's always great to see somebody writing about Highland Brown and what he's done in his <laughs> last outing and what he's doing now and how different he is from last year when they saw him. It always, uh, it always is a great feeling. Yeah. It, yeah. Not, I, Dude, I nothing bet, better. Nothing I bet. Better. I bet. Like, yeah. Because even if you think about it, like, just as a human being, like, outside of, like, whatever sports writers, like, like if your teachers, like, send your parents an email or whatever, mm-hmm. like, just think about like, what, your, what your parents, like, do, like, that's crazy. And you're like, you know, that, that's kind of sick. Yeah. You know, like, and that's such a small little gesture. Mm-hmm. But then you go to like something where it's like a dream of yours. Yeah. Like that. Can't even imagine what that would feel like. It's, that's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. So what are the plans? Like, you know, like D1 MLB, what, what's the plan? What's it um, looking like? We're definitely waiting uh, on official visits because baseball, you can't take your officials till um, August. August 1st of your junior year something like that maybe it's September I don't know but it's like early in the school year your junior year you can't actually go on campus officially with colleges and those are the ones you know where you get to go to the football game you get to experience the college life the kids you can talk to the coaches face to face Um, those are all I think something I really need to do before I can make a decision because I don't just want to go to a school where it's just going to be baseball 24 seven. Like I want to go to a school where I can enjoy my life outside of baseball, you know, and really live a college life. That's something really important to me too. Um, but yeah, um, I, right now it's definitely, we're going to college, but if something changes in the next couple of years and MLB is a possibility, then going to have to figure that one out when it comes. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so crazy. Cause it's like, how quickly things change for sure you know absolutely in general like yeah you know like i like obviously this is not even a comparable example but like even for me like like i never thought i was getting georgia tech there's oh, no no way dude, i was gonna get that w- that's amazing like that's actually crazy it. but like there's like i was thinking to myself I was like there's no way it's a shot in the dark <laughs> and then it just like happens and it's like oh you know like i had planned i was planning to go to like purdue you know whatever and like move out and all that stuff and now it's like oh that's that kind of came out of nowhere, dude. So from, it's from Walton going to Georgia Tech. You're like a one percenter. It's no, that's actually don't, crazy. Don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. <laughs> no, you, that is amazing. Highland, you are a D1 baseball player. I think that's harder. Yeah, but I'm not going to Georgia Tech on an academic. Uh, yeah, no, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I still argue it's, it's pretty hard. Um, but yeah, like even that was just like how quickly things change, man. Mm-hmm. You know, the circumstances just in and out. So I can't imagine what it's like for something that big where it's like, yeah. you don't even go to college. You don't even go, you know, cause that's a risk. It, it really is a, a risk. Cause huge if, it, risk. if it busts, absolutely. You're like, you're done. Yeah. You're, you're finite. Like you're going to be struggling. Yeah. You don't you have know? your college degree to go and get a job. Yeah. It's baseball or nothing at that point. Yeah. So it's something you definitely got to, really talk to your family about and see if that's the right move for you but as of now I'm going to college so you ever think about it or do you oh, just kind of yeah. like okay yeah all the time <laughs> yeah but you know it's just something that'll happen so it's God's plan see what yeah. see what's in store for me 
Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, dude, I'm excited too to see this, man. <laughs> this would be crazy. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it all comes with like doing it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, just every single day, you know, just one step at a time. Because if you think about it, like thinking about the future, thinking about 10 years, five, five years, two years even, like there's just so much that changes. Mm-hmm. Like one year ago, one year goes what over in March, beginning of March. Mm-hmm. I started this podcast end of March last year. Mm-hmm. One year ago, like beginning of March, if you told me I was gonna have a podcast, I thought you're crazy. <laughs> like it was so spontaneous. Like, it was the uh-huh. week before, and then we just filmed it, whatever. But yeah. like, it's so quickly how things yeah. change. Things change, you know. And then if you told me, hey, it's gonna you're, in a year, you're still gonna be doing this. I'm just like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> I, like I'm not no way. I'm making three months. And you know. Congrats on the success of your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is what fifty. Yeah. 53 episode 53 yeah that's sweet that's amazing that's awesome depends when this comes out but yeah <laughs> no i think appreciate it a lot man yeah of course um, you know there's only one to come, mm-hmm. more to come. but Absolutely. it's like you know one Absolutely. episode at a time one step at a time yeah it's crazy i think that's another really important part is thinking about now and not the future focusing on what you got in the days to come not what you got in the years to come yeah, yeah. especially because like you know a lot of times as humans like we overestimate what we can do in days and weeks and underestimate mm-hmm. what we can do in months and years. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you're like two years. Yeah, no way. But like yeah. two years, like, and it's you know? here and that two years is here. And now you're like, Oh, holy cow. Yeah. I did it. Would you? Wow. I mean, yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. I mean, like as a sophomore, you're already having D one offers. Like as a senior, what's that going to look like? You know, like you can't even yeah. imagine what it's going to look I, like. I couldn't tell you. I, uh-huh. All I know is that you're going to be chilling. <laughs> Cause it's like, you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, no, no essays N- nothing mm-hmm. nothing it's just you yeah. know it'd be fun and whatever dang man that's crazy it's been a it's been an adventure and i'm ready for the rest of it too yeah. so i'm excited would you say is your favorite mlb player uh, i mean i really like um oh shoot now i'm forgetting his name well, apparently he's not your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to like find somebody I model my game off, not mm. really who I love, because then at that point, if you just like them, obviously you're gonna model your game after them. Like, but um, I mean, everybody's gonna say Degrom, but I don't really think um, I mean, I'm, I think I sort of have the body like Degrom, but I don't have throw a 101 mile an hour fastball, so yeah. <laughs> you know. And then I don't have a slider like he does either. So, I mean, I think I have the body and like those are some of the mechanics I'd wish I could have because, you know, I'm not huge like him either. We're both pretty skinny. So that's something I'd like to model off of, like the mechanics. Um, But the pitching, I mean, I sort of try to find Highlands. Yeah. Highlands thing, not anybody else's, you know. That's important. Yeah. Especially especially in something like baseball where Mm – the slightest things make a difference. Yeah. You know, like you got to, you know, kind of like make your own path. And I think it's something, you know, a lot of people kind of like put off mm-hmm. to like, I want to be this person, I want to be that person, I want to be that. It's like, no, like Absolutely. just want to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be the best version of yourself that exactly. you can be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people ask me like, you know, like who do you model your podcast after? No one. Mm-hmm. Like partially because like that, like, yeah, there's just no one. Like, there's yeah. no one to model it after. Yeah, there doesn't need to you know? be. It doesn't yeah. need to be. Uh-huh. For me, it's just, I talk about whatever I enjoy, whatever I want to talk about. Exactly. I bring on whoever I want. Exactly. You know, I'm not the 
copy other people. Mm-hmm. You know, so the same way, I, I appreciate that about your uh, yeah. your pitching style. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that's crazy, dude. I, I can't get over the fact you're 15. You're 15, right? 16. 16. Yeah. And you throw 89. Uh-huh. Like, that, that's, that's, that's kind of that's out there. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's still a lot of kids ahead of me that I want to, you know, get better than, throw harder than, um, get more attention than, get ranked higher than. But for now, just got to focus in on myself and that one mile an hour increase sort of day yeah. by day. Just keep adding on, you know, because something that I've been told is you don't want the big jump in your uh, velo because that's, that's injuries coming because um, when your body starts moving that fast, throwing that hard, putting that much pressure on your arm that quickly, when, when you make that jump in velo really quickly, that's something that's probably not going to be very safe for your body. Um, it's that just steady increase little bit by little bit, and eventually you'll get to where you feel like you're really at your best and that's just where I'm trying to go. And that's the same thing with everything in life. Exactly. Like you don't exactly. want those big jumps. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. even for this podcast, I don't want a hundred thousand subscribers overnight. Yeah. I no. don't. Yeah. I, I really don't because mm-hmm. you know, it's like in general, like you don't, you don't want those big things, you know, mm-hmm. even as like a, when you're growing, you don't want yeah. to go up six inches. No, yeah. You really don't want to. No, not you know? at this point. I definitely no. don't No. Exactly. Like you don't want that. You don't want to just, talk out of nowhere, be like quiet kid that just talks out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, because those drastic changes can have such a negative impact, mm-hmm. you know, on like who you are and like your future, Absolutely. you know, and I feel like if I woke up tomorrow morning and had a hundred thousand subscribers, it would get in my head so fast. Yeah. Like that ego is going through the roof, dude. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> it but should. Like, Absolutely. You know, yeah. So it's, it's all about that extra, like one more, one more, one more, because mm-hmm. even though now I'm at, I don't know, like 380, like it's been such a slow growth this, mm-hmm. this year, but just knowing that it's getting a little bit better, a little exactly. bit better, yeah. you know, like it's encouraging, but it's not getting in my head, mm-hmm. you know, whereas For some sure. people like those big jumps, man, yeah. I, I don't oh, want a big yeah. jump. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. Oh yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> uh-huh. Some, some names just kind of pop, uh-huh. pop in there. <laughs> so what is that like, you know, being kind of, you know, because Everyone grows at different rates, mm-hmm. right? So now you're going to have friends that kind of just out of nowhere, you'll just, mm-hmm. they'll just take off, Yeah, you know, in all aspects of life. What is that like kind of being, I guess, like a, like an early grower, if you will? Um, for a lot, they just looked at me like, oh, you're big. Obviously you're going to throw hard. Like you're nothing special. Like you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing what your parents gave you, what God gave you. Um, so that for a while was, it was tough because I was pretty average and my size was above average. So I was sort of like, why am I the same as a kid who's 5'8 when I'm almost 5'11, 6 foot at the same age? Like, shouldn't I be way better than this kid? So that was sort of tough for me for a while. But then, you know, growing in my body, working with my body, figuring out how my body works compared to kids who aren't as big, don't have as long of limbs, you know. Um, you know, that really, I definitely did see a skyrocket in all sports. You know, I think basketball really helped me with that too. Basketball, you got to be coordinated to play, you know, I mean, that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, it was just a growing thing and I made it through and, you know, better for it. So, yeah. And I think like a lot of times with human growth, 
right? I was obviously, I mean, I hit puberty super early, mm -hmm. extremely early. I yeah. mean, I have a full beard, I'm like 17. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's weird because not only does your body grow, but your mind grows faster. Mm -hmm. Like you just get more mature, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's really difficult, especially if your mind's at somewhere and all your peers are somewhere else, yeah. whether it's higher or lower, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a late bloomer, early bloomer, like it just, it just sucks. Yeah. Because you feel like there's no one to relate to. Mm -hmm. And then that causes other issues. It causes other issues, which can completely derail your entire life. Yeah. So how did you kind of, I don't know if you went through anything like that, but if you did, like, how did you kind of deal with that? I mean, like I said, it was always like, oh, look at that kid who's six foot, who's way better than you. And then there's Highland who's six foot and doesn't know his left from his right foot. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely was sort of a let downer and sort of, you know, it didn't feel great, but I knew I was given this height for a reason. And, um, I'm not going to say like, I wasn't blessed with it. Cause I absolutely was. I'm so thankful that I got this height. Um, and I'm going to use it and continue to build off of it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was hard when, um, you got compared to the other early bloomers and you just never were as good as them. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, worked out. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I think the most important thing, like you mentioned earlier, is just being thankful, mm -hmm. you know, like always thanking God for like the opportunities you have, who you yeah. are, what you get, mm -hmm. because so, you know, like a lot of people, you know, what they do is like, they kind of think it's like themselves, mm -hmm. you know, they don't think like, you know, they're like, Oh, I did all this work. I did all this. Like, yeah. even for you, like sure you made that jump from 80 to 88 or whatever, mm -hmm. but like you needed like those opportunities, like you need For those, sure. those coaches Absolutely. to come out and that's only going to come from like, like from God, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. you can't control the coaches coming out. You can't mm -hmm. tell them to come out, you know? Yeah. And in the same way, like kind of stupid example, but like with my college essay, mm -hmm. I chose a very, like an extremely Christian topic to write about mm -hmm. my essay about, which is a very dumb decision, you know, because <laughs> especially like in the world we live in, like, yeah. All it takes is one person to not like what I talk about. And I'm in that trash bin, no matter what my GPA is, no matter what my SAT is, no matter if it's a good essay, even yeah, just straight yeah, yeah. in the trash bin. Exactly. So you always have to have that faith that, you know, it's like God is doing his work and that mm -hmm. like, we can only do so much, mm -hmm. you know, it's honestly like 80, 20, yeah. like we do it, so little. Yeah. Really? You know? And it it's is. like, we just have to keep, just keep going, keep going, keep going. God will just do his part, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm so thankful for all the people I've met too along the way. I've had so many opportunities from the people I've met too. So I'm so thankful for that, you know, and God putting me, um, in this place, you know, where I live, the people I'm around all the time, you know, it's been a blessing, you know, everybody's somehow carved my life and, you know, shaped me to who I am today and who I will be 10, 20, 30 years from now. So yeah. Always thankful. And that's one of the things I love about the podcast is I get to interact with so many different people mm -hmm. and it gives me a reason to interact with people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, you know what? Maybe I should ask this person that I don't really talk to like, Hey, yeah. I'm on the podcast. Abs yeah. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. So I love that. Cause you just learn so much about other people and like who they are and what they're about and stuff. So mm -hmm. that's why, you know, I love doing this, but yeah, I mean, that's great, man. It's cra yeah. crazy. I, I still can't get over the fact that you feel that fast. <laughs> that's crazy though. You know, do you want yeah. offers everything, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. What's what's sophomore year looking like? You know, um, 
I'm sort of going break by break, you know, looking at spring break now, <laughs> figuring that out where we're going to go. And then once we get back from spring break, you know, getting finals done with and then yeah. going to summer, you know, just playing baseball every day, uh, go swimming. You know, I love pool days, you know, and then fishing. It's probably only three things I'll do this summer. Big fisher. Oh, love fishing. Love fishing. <laughs> like classic baseball kid. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> baseball, you couldn't get more basic. Yeah. <laughs> You know, got the shirt on, you know, salt life, you know. Oh, yeah. Love it all. Baseball or fishing. Got a so funny. rod in my car whenever, you know, see a pond, you know, yeah. stop by. That's, wait, you just have you just have a rod in your car and you just stop by randomly? Sometimes, yeah. If I got time, you know, I see a public p- pond, you know, I'll be there. That's crazy. Get some lines wet, you know. That's crazy. Get some fish. lines wet. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your sophomore year. Yeah. Because, you know, mine was online. It, yeah. So I, I didn't, really, yeah. didn't really enjoy that one. Much. I mean, I bet middle school and high school online was a lot different. But, yeah, I hated online. Oh, yeah, you were in eighth grade. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> my sister. Yeah. yeah, my sister was also in eighth mm-hmm. grade. Yeah, yeah. Man. What, what is that? What was that like? Making that transition from I went to middle school in seventh grade for half the year. Mm-hmm. I was online eighth grade. And then I went to high school in person. Yeah, I bet yours was a lot harder than mine. Um, There's no way. I mean, because middle school to high school is a big change. Yeah. Um, well. Find like a circle like socially at all? Or not really? Not really, because luckily um, Eastside, almost all the kids from Eastside Elementary go to Walton. So I had friends, even though not many of them went to Dickerson. So that part was a little, I had to find a lot of new friends at Dickerson. But luckily, all the kids from Eastside go to Walton. All the kids from Dickerson go to Walton. So I just met more and more Walton kids as I went along. And then once I got to Walton, I basically knew everybody. So that was that was nice. Yeah. I didn't really That's have to That's something that I didn't have. Yeah. Because I exactly. moved to Walton District 8th grade. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was weird. Going to high school, it's yep. like everyone's like meeting their friends. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Let's exactly. Hey, guys, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely is different. Yeah. Than I mean, what it's I just different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all different. But it's important. Sure. You know, it's important yeah. to learn about that and all that. Mm-hmm. So we were in the same weight training class. Yes. Um, last that year, is how your we freshman met. year. Yeah. Well, what did you, what did you, obviously you said you really liked the class and all that. And you really thought yeah. it was great for you. Um, first impression of me. I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember the yeah, first time we I met. Saw, yeah. But, well, yeah, I don't remember. Um, I know you were part of Soccer Nation. You know, yes. Abney came up with the L's nickname. Yes. I think that sort of, it was a way for me to talk to you. You know, it'd be like yeah. in the halls, what's up, Soccer Nation? Yeah. You know, that sort of started our, um, sort of how we talked to each other and how we met a little bit. So I think that was sort of good. Um, but yeah, and then sort of just add his as we added on sort of off that joke, honestly, was probably really how we yeah. really met was off honestly, the joke. Honestly, don't remember. I don't either. It's probably something along those lines. Yeah, but um, I'm glad it happened because, yeah. yeah, I think I've definitely made a lot of friends from weight training because that's the only class where you could have freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors all in one class Yeah, because most other classes just don't really get that. Yeah. So. And, and all the kids in the class have some sort of a shared interest to yeah, some degree exactly. at least. We all want to get better in the weight room. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that definitely did bring us all together. Yeah, I enjoyed that class a lot. Too, <laughs> I did too. And like yeah. when you were talking about it, like kind of like how it like, gives you just structure in the weight room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you don't realize it. Exactly. Like now that yeah. I don't have weight training, I just work out by myself. Like mm-hmm. that structure is 
that's crazy, dude. Yeah, it definitely does. Help. And I got so much stronger too. Like uh-huh. that one year, dude. Uh-huh. Oh man, it was crazy. I then I got shoulder surgery, and yeah, you know, now I, I'm back yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, we were all wondering where you went. Then you came back and sling braces with yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, it's not pretty. That was not a fun time. <laughs> it, but it summer wasn't. was not fun, dude. Because I got it like the second to last week of school. Mm-hmm. Summer was just hell, man. Yeah, just hell. Yeah, it's terrible. Wait, so what did you? What was the injury? So I tore my labrum. Lab, which shoulder? Right shoulder. Right shoulder. Yeah. And I'm righty, so yeah, that is something like yeah. It was it was from like I dislocated it like I think it was like nine or nine or ten times. Yeah, just kept coming out, kept coming out, because like right before the school year started, like maybe a month before, playing basketball with my friends, Uh and it's just we have this big kid who's like a D lineman, and he landed on me, and my arm just popped out the back. That was the first one. The next one, I was in a car crash. I remember that. Yeah, that car crash. Uh I dislocated there. Along with some other injuries as well. Yeah. And then just oh, yeah. from that point on, it just kept coming out. It was just too easy. One time mm-hmm. it came out of my sleep. Yeah. Cause, did you cause like what happens, wake up and feel it? Yeah, dude. What happens when you, when you dislocate your shoulder is like every time you just, because your labrum is like connected to it. Uh-huh. Every time you dislocate it, it tears like more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So near the end, it was just like, like you, I would just feel it like slide out. Oh, it was terrible. Did it get like easier every time though? Dude, like yeah. less painful? Well, I just got used to it. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just like, you're like, oh, there it goes again. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. good to go. All right. Yeah. No, I had I had a massive tear, like a two inch tear in the front, like Ooh. from like here to here. Oh, it was, it was that's great. brutal. Yeah, I mean, surgery was brutal as well. Yeah, it was a four hour surgery, so it's not bad. But it's I'm like, guessing you were asleep though, right? Oh yeah, they had was, you under. Yeah, I don't remember anything. Yeah. Did the last thing I remember is getting carted to the surgery room, but that's not like, but I like when I got to the surgery room, they had to pick me up. Yeah, like put me on the table. They had to put the mask on me and then give me anesthesia. But I don't remember any of that at all. That's actually funny because I had collarbone surgery yes. on my left collarbone, and um, so they give you the initial like anesthesia, like right when you get there, they lay you out on the yeah, it's table. It's like the nerve block, though. Something, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, she kept missing. Um, my vein or my nerve or whatever she needed to do because they tell you like don't drink water so like I literally didn't drink water and that also means you can't find any veins you know because your veins aren't out or anything so they don't have water flowing through them so I think on her sixth try she finally hit one she was able to get it in you know taped me up Um, that nerve block needle or like it's like massive oh yeah it's huge right I got it like right in here Uh bro I just felt it go in I was like (laughs) <laughs> dude it felt like a, like a just like someone took like a drill just like, uh-huh. no that was crazy yeah no um but so then i f- i was asleep and then the last thing i remember is them picking me up putting on the table i opened my eyes and they were like all right we're giving you a little bit more in three two one then i was out i don't and remember that that I was the, i like that. woke up and i was like why am i awake so i woke up and i was like why is my throat sore I couldn't figure out why my throat was sore. And they told me, oh, it was you the, had a tube all the way down your throat. I was like, there's no way. I didn't, I didn't know they did that. They, they put a tube oh. all the way into your throat like, to make sure like you're breathing. Wow. But I, I woke up with my throat oh, was well, I guess that so makes sense. sore, dude. So sore. But I, I don't remember that part. I don't remember it at all. Huh. I don't remember it at all. Yeah. And, 
it's crazy because like you can't remember the pain of them. Like that's gonna hurt, brothers. No yeah. Way. Oh yeah, hurt. absolutely. Like, hurt. That's not gonna be comfortable. But it's good because like I don't even remember it. It's like, uh-huh. did it really hurt? Yeah. Like, like exactly. how do I know? <laughs> like what happened? Like, like I had a tube down my throat. Okay. Like, dude, oh. it's crazy. Like yeah. I want to know what, like, what it felt at that moment. Uh-huh. Like, I kinda, I'm kind of interested. Yeah. But like, yeah. I'm never gonna know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Dang man. But the. So the nerve blocker they put yeah. actually like reached up to my like face. So like this left half of my face <laughs> just like dead for like two days. Like I was drooling That's down crazy. the left side, bro. My <laughs> eye was just like drooping. It was bad. That's actually wild. I couldn't stop drooling. It was <laughs> all over my mom's window on the way home. <laughs> it was it was an experience. Uh, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Bro, for me, like it was just, it was so funny because like they put it in and like uh-huh. over time, like it, over like the next like 10 minutes, it slowly goes away. Yeah. So at first I was like wiping my nose and I got to a point where I couldn't wipe my nose. And uh-huh. I was in the IV, so I couldn't move that either. Yeah. So I was like, like trying to like move my uh-huh. nose around. Yeah. Dude, Cause it's so funny cause I got to feel it. And then like all of a sudden it just went. Mm-hmm. went. Like you, I'd like make it, move my fingers and, and then little just by little. Just, nope. And then it uh-huh. lasted like two days. Uh huh. Yeah. Dude. I like, I still don't feel normal in my left shoulder like there's some places where i itch and it it's almost sometimes don't even feel my fingers yeah still it's weird i still feel it it just feels different like from my left to my right side i mean expected though i do have a metal plate in my yeah i think that would be part of it yeah it's probably part yeah yeah i have something called sutures like stitches oh yeah yeah i know what sutures are yeah that was crazy. Shared experiences, yeah. man. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's actually so funny. You just <laughs> half your face. It's just it's having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Highland. Of course, man. Highly appreciated. I love it. Excited that. to see the where the future is for you. Man, you too. Yeah, Tell man. me how GT goes, man. That's dude, exciting. That's, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> exciting, but hard, dude. It's a lot gonna, of studying. It's going to be hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have friends that go there. It's You know, but... They, what's the like percentage you become a millionaire or something? Isn't it like really? It's like one in fifteen, I think. Well, I'm gonna be a millionaire regardless. Uh, you know, this podcast is hitting ten mil subscribers. <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, make it happen. Make, make it, it happen, happen guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you like this podcast, make sure to watch. You obviously watched it. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications, and see you next week. Thank you.